Menu Feed, a bi-weekly podcast from Winsight Media's two food service brands, Restaurant Business and Food Service Director. I'm Pat Kobe, Senior Editor covering Menu, Food, and Drink for both brands. Today I'm talking with Brad Alexander and Tim Wicks about food halls. When 16 on Center opened Revival Food Hall in 2016, the collection of chef-driven eateries was an instant hit with Chicago's downtown crowd. Like other urban food halls, the buzz died down during the pandemic as customers stayed close to home. But now Revival is gearing up for its next chapter, infused with fresh ideas and new concepts. Electric Greens, a new age salad bar, just opened with Chef Brad at the helm. And daytime diners are back, as are many of the signature eateries. An exciting bar program is in the works and Tim has plans to bring entertainment and events back to the venue. He is also developing a new food hall in an historic New York City building that will include an expo space as well as restaurants. Listen as Tim and Brad share how food, drink, and experiences are freshening up the food hall for future growth. Welcome, Brad and Tim. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Great to be here. Yeah. So um, tell me a little bit about your backgrounds and what brought you into 16 on Center. Uh, Pat, thanks so much for having us. First off, giving a voice to service and hospitality industry is you know more important now than ever, I think, uh, during some of these more trying times. But anyways, about me, um, like you said, my name is Tim Wicks. Um, I grew up in Chicago's Edgewater neighborhood, um, really around like a huge family. Um, I literally had 16 aunts and uncles, no kidding. Um, so we're talking big dinners, you know, dancing, singing, parties, et cetera, which was just kind of surrounded by a lot of love. And that kind of sparked my interest in taking care of others, you know, at an early age, just through food and beverage. I went to Michigan State University for their hospitality program. From there, uh, I kind of traveled the States with Hillstone Restaurant Group and uh, kind of landed me back in my hometown of Chicago with Let Us Entertain You for a couple of years. And then, you know, fast forward to 2017, I joined up with Bruce and Craig at 69 Center to uh, oversee Revival Food Hall, and the rest is kind of history. Great. So how about you, Brad? Well, I grew up in a a small town in central Illinois, kind of a small family, the opposite of Tim, I guess, but grew up cooking a lot with uh, my grandmothers who, who both lived nearby and spent a lot of time with them. I started cooking semi-professionally when I was in college uh, at Eastern Illinois University. Not gone there for for culinary, but uh, started working part-time in a kitchen and, you know, fell in love with that, Uh, you know, just the the energy and the action and uh, decided to pursue that. Uh, So I moved up to Chicago and went to the Cooking and Hospitality Institute of Chicago. Uh, And I've been here ever since, Worked in various uh, restaurants around the city, all kinds of different applications from, you know, uh, traditional kind of steakhouse, white tablecloth restaurant to quick service, fast casual. Uh, also worked, you know, in commissary type operations with, with big food production and a lot, of, a lot of catering and events as well. So I, I consider myself pretty well-rounded as far as, uh, you know, culinary jobs go. Um, And that's, I think, part of, you know, what led me here to 16 on Center. You know, I 
felt like it was a good opportunity to sort of utilize all of those different pieces, uh, you know, of my background and experience um, and, and really be able to, you know, kind of develop, you know, the salad concept at the food hall. And I'm, you know, I'm also, you know, have my hands in a, in a bunch of other things here at, at 69 Center um, as far as catering and events and, you know, some of the other, the other outlets as well. Right. Well, I do want to hear about Electric Greens, but first let's talk a little bit about how Revival Food Hall is different post-pandemic than it was when it first opened. I'll take that one. I mean, Revival, we've always kind of pushed since opening in 2016, pushed to be like a beacon of hospitality to the guests of the loop. So that, that mission remains, right? But of course, through the pandemic, we've pivoted service models multiple times with um, you know, city policies since, since we reopened in 2020. You know, most Loop employees right now are on hybrid models, which seems to be the fixture moving forward. But we've noticed that when people are dining, or sorry, when they are working back downtown, that they tend to dine out every time that they're working in the Loop. You know, so they, so on us, it's a little bit more pressure, I would say. Uh, they, people want that social interaction. We've got to deliver that hospitality as we always have, but you know, more so emphasis on seeing people maybe a little bit less. One shameless plug, you know, a pivot that we've made is we're releasing an app on March 7th. So the app is actually catered to, if you're working from home, of course, we want to be able to deliver you food. Not that we haven't always been able to do that, but to be, you know, kind of a one-stop shop for catering food to offices, delivering food to you at your home office. It's kind of more of a like five mile radius for those not venturing to the loop. So that's kind of our most recent pivot. But as you can imagine, you know, over the last two years, we've changed models multiple times from ghost kitchen to delivery only, you know, just over and over. But, you know, always when we're thinking about eat, whether it's an app or, you know, you, you have to come up to the door and we hand you the food, it's got to be a hospitable experience every time. It's got to be seamless. So we keep that in mind. And did you change the hours? I know you have evening service, but now the hours are... Daytime? We did, we did temporarily. We, you know, like I said, we changed a lot. But recently, we just noticed that folks are really coming down to the loop for breakfast and lunch only. So currently, Monday through Friday, we are strictly 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. But, you know, in a month's time, you know, today is February 24th. I'm really hoping that by, you know, April 1st, we can get uh, dinner service back open. We've got a really great bar program helmed by uh, Mark Phelan, our beverage director. We're super excited to get that back open. Um, it's just about, you know, needing the foot traffic. Right. So Brad, tell me a little bit about Electric Greens. I know that's the newest concept that opened and that's kind of your baby. So let's hear about it. Yeah. So we actually just opened uh, Tuesday of this week. So we're, we're three days in. You know, I guess the inception of Electric Greens maybe started, you know, right before or right as I joined 16 on Center. And so kind of the, the framework, you know, this, this idea of salads with really bold, acidic flavors and, you know, pickled vegetables and, and things like that um, was kind of there. And, you know, when I joined the team, you know, that was it was my job to sort of translate that, you know, and on the food end and, and make those recipes uh, and, and salads and those ingredients really kind of stand up to what the vision was, uh, you know, for the, the rest of the team. 
And so, you know, when I was thinking about what kind of, what kind of ingredients I wanted to use and what kind of flavors, you know, I kind of, I definitely leaned on some of the things that I've done in the past, but really tried to, you know, just elevate even more the, you know, the boldness of those, those flavors um, and really try to, you know, add as much acidity and, and brightness and freshness while still keeping, you know, kind of the, the flavor balance there. So, you know, it doesn't knock you over with a, a vinegar <laughs> explosion to the face. Um, and so I think, you know, that, that was my goal. And I feel, you know, really good about the direction that it went in. Uh, we've had a lot of positive feedback so far, you know, only three days in, but, uh, you know, I feel really good about like, how the menu looks. I think there's, you know, something for everyone. Uh, there are a couple salads on that menu that are a little more approachable and don't have quite as many of those, uh, you know, unique ingredients, but definitely have a ton of flavor and, you know, are, are healthy and bright and vibrant. Uh, and then for, you know, some, some folks who, who are a little more adventurous, you know, we have some, some interesting things and some unique flavor combinations uh, that, you know, that I think are certainly out there, but maybe not as much in, in the salad setting, you know, it's a, it's a little bit different from kind of your, your standard salad bar with house salads and cop salads and Caesar salads. We have, you know, some of those flavors are, are around it, but, you know, we really are trying to be a little more unique and kind of stand out, you know, have a, a little more edge. Can you give me an example of some of the unique ingredients you're using? So there are a lot of, of pickled things. I think that that is probably right now, you know, one of the most popular salads is, a, is the Roma salad. That one's that one for the, the last three days has been consistently kind of one of the top sellers. Um, and so, you know, some of the, the things that are in that we have pickled broccolini, uh, which is in there and some cured black olives. So the, those olives give a nice salty brininess and uh, that pickled broccolini, while it still, you know, gives that broccoli crunch and backbone, it's, you know, it's elevated into a, maybe a little bit lighter, brighter type of, type of feel for that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then to round that out, uh, there's a white truffle, white balsamic vinaigrette. So you get really aromatic truffle, you know, as soon as you kind of open, open that dressing and open and pour it on your salad like that that really, you know, is almost overwhelming in, in, in smell, but the, you know, the acidity of the, the balsamic dressing and, you know, those pickled, pickled vegetables in there really sort of balance that out. And, uh, you know, I think that one's a, a really tasty salad. So are all the salads curated or can people like make a custom build their own salad? So they are all curated, but we, we have kind of several options. Um, when you, when you come in, we have some pre-made ones in a, in a grab and go cooler. So, you know, we're, we're banking on some long lines here, uh, in the, in the near future. Uh, and if you know what you want and you don't want to have any modifications, you can grab one of those and check out and be on your way. But we also, you know, make salads to order, you know, and, you know, we take your order and we kind of walk down and, and make the salad in front of you. And so if there are any ingredients that you don't want, or if you kind of want to just, you know, go, go crazy and make your own, we, you know, we can certainly accommodate that, but they're, they're definitely, a lot of those flavors are curated together. So the, the Roma salad has, you know, kind of more Italian flavors and ingredients. There's a, a Maho salad that's kind of 
uh, inspired by Spain. A lot of those, you know, a lot of the ingredients are on multiple salads and they can, you know, pair well with others, but there are definitely ones that are kind of like focused together. And then I also saw that you have sipping broth. So what are those and, you know, how, what are they like? So we were trying to think about, you know, we can't have just salads. We need to have a, something else to kind of complement that. And, you know, soup and salad is a, is a classic kind of lunchtime thing, right? But with a limited kind of space in, in, the, in the food hall stall that we're in, um, that kind of, that idea came up. And, uh, you know, I think it kind of also pairs really well with people wanting to eat healthy. So, you know, they're, it's, you know, chicken, chicken stock, chicken bones roasted with vegetables and, and also a mushroom and kombu broth that we do for uh, vegetarians. Um, and then to sort of give those our own spin, we have these, what we're calling flavor bombs that you can, that you can add in. And so that's kind of a little extra shot of flavor. So well, a good example is a, a Thai, red Thai curry with tamarind and lime juice. And so you, you just pour that in and kind of mix it in. And, you know, they come in a coffee cup with a coffee lib so you can be on your way and walk back to the office and, and sip it on your way back. Well, that's really unique. I haven't seen that anywhere. <laughs> yeah, Pat, this will change your day. I'm going to bring some out next time I'm back in New York. Okay. Delivery, special no, delivery for you. I'm actually going to be in Chicago March 15th, so maybe I'll head over and try it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, Tim, maybe you can address this. Uh, I know that, you know, like different concepts have come and gone. What are What is Electric Greens replacing and what are some of the other new ones that have come to revival? Yeah, no, I mean, we've, a lot has changed since 2020. You know, when we reopened in July, I had started reaching out to um, some of our vendors, just really doing wellness checks at the time, but also asking if they would like to come back. Um, and admittedly, we only found ourselves with like a handful of our original vendors coming back, but that really gave us an opportunity to bring on some great chefs, you know, that were ready to bring their own cooking, their own style to the loop, which was kind of a nice refreshing change with, of course, some of our great veterans, like some of barbecue coming back to answer your question, Electric Greens uh, replaced Farmer's Fridge. Um, who unfortunately, uh, you know, is no longer with us. But again, I think a great replacement with Brad and his team. Um, it all started with a uh, simple outreach. You know, I was kind of helming the cafe just as, like I said, beacon of hospitality. You know, we wanted to bring something back for the people that were down there. And then just started calling up chefs I had seen either articles on or through, you know, friends of friends. It started with John Avila of Minahasa. He was cooking out of his home kitchen. And I gave him a call and said, Hey, you, would you like, you know, a commercial kitchen to cook out of, you know, you're absolutely killing it, but you know, let's give you, um, you know, a larger space to cook from more recently, obviously electric greens with Brad and his team, but we've just opened familiar bakery with Ashley Robinson, who's extremely talented. Brian Enyart of Dos Taqueria, Dos Urban Cantina up in Logan square. So we've definitely seen a lot of changes, but you know, I think it's great. And with that, we've also seen Fat Shallots, uh, Sam and Sarah, come back to the food hall after a two-year hiatus. So we never really closed the door on vendors. We love seeing familiar faces, but also, you know, love to see the change too. Definitely. And are there any trends that you see happening, you know, with some of the vendors who are coming in? I know trends is a really loaded question, but... Um... Yeah. <laughs> well, food trends, when like curating, I never really... I try not to go after, you know, the hip trends or anything like that. I mean, personally, like I mentioned with Electric Greens, like 
I, since the pandemic, have kind of pivoted towards more so a city press juice, um, you know, a salad from Electric Greens or uh, bone broth. But what I will say I've noticed is chefs taking the opportunity during the pandemic to cook more food of their heritage. Mm. Um, Joe Fontelera, for example, renowned sushi chef in Chicago, is actually of Filipino descent. So he took this opportunity to start cooking up his, some of his family recipes at Booney Foods, you know, on the east side of the food hall. And he's just, it, it's not only delicious, but those opportunities can also be educational as well for someone who, you know, has never had that, the pleasure of trying it before. Right. Well, I think one of the exciting things about food halls is that, you, you know, the concepts do rotate and revolve and you get to try new things all the time. So do you think that's kind of the future of what food halls are going to be? The, the rotational aspect or yeah. the, you know, we, it really depends. I agree that it's really great to, to change things up and, you know, to, to bring new things to, to the loop or to wherever the best food destination is. But I also believe in, you know, some of the partnerships that we've had, like I mentioned, Smoke Barbecue being one of them, uh, just two great people and business owners. And, you know, those are really, that's kind of the checklist we go through, right? It's, uh-huh. first of all, of course, great food, you know, <laughs> you're, you're coming to cook with us. But not only that, you, you have to be, at least with Re- Revival, you have to be local. And then lastly, you just have to be a good person, right? And, uh, and show some hospitality. So if you can check those three boxes, I don't see why we wouldn't continue you know, the relationship for something more long-term. So it's kind of a, you know, double-sided. And Brad, as far as labor goes, have you had any trouble getting people, you know, to join your team? I know it's a huge problem in a lot of cities now. Yes, definitely. It's, you know, it's still a challenge. Um, you know, I think one advantage of being in, in the food hall space is it's a, it's a smaller, smaller kitchen, so you don't need quite as many people. But yeah, it's 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 tough to find you know good people who want to work uh, you know in the, in the food service industry in general. I think so. It's it's still been a been a challenge, um, and I think you know it probably will continue to be a challenge for for a while. How about sourcing ingredients? Or do you get things locally, or have you had trouble with supply challenges? That's another issue that everyone's dealing with. I'd say overall, it's not been too difficult there have you know there are a couple of you know it's kind of more specialty produce items that have been a little hit or miss luckily the avocado uh situation has been uh, <laughs> remedied so you know that that got me a little bit nervous about you know potentially running out of avocados and having two avocado toasts on the menu <laughs> and and also it was an ingredient in several salads so yeah i mean i i think there's you know always the chance that an ingredient or some things may be difficult to, to find, but I, I think generally speaking, it's getting better. You know, I think we're kind of through the, the worst of it as far as sourcing ingredients. Uh, equipment, on the other hand, is still something that takes quite a long long lead time. It actually pushed back our, our opening at Electric Greens uh, for a while, mm-hmm. just waiting on some, some coolers to, to land and, and get shipped. Right. Um, and do you, do you share a commissary with, you know, other concepts in the food hall or with other 16 on center concepts? Uh, yes, is the answer kind of to, to both of those. So the food hall has a shared, a larger shared kitchen space that everybody uses. There's a, there's a large walk-in cooler that has, you know, separate little cages that each, each stall has to, you know, to store their food in that's not in their physical space up in the food hall. You know, Tim can probably talk a little bit more about like 
how many people use that and how, how often it gets used. I personally don't use it that much because, you know, my background, I, I've done a lot, of, a lot of commissary kitchens. And so for 16 on center, I'm sort of, I'm trying to, you know, move the company in that direction a little bit. And so it's, it's only at its inception, but my, my goal is to have, you know, kind of a central kitchen for 16 on center where we're, we're making uh, food out of that can go, you know, support uh, some of our other properties, you know, and that the catering kitchen would likely, you know, kind of also live there. You know, that's, that's sort of in the works. There's a, you know, a, a property that's not in use currently that I'm sort of using uh, in the, in the short term as my, my commissary kitchen, but really right now it's only servicing electric greens. So right. that's a, a work in progress. Okay. I know it's really early, but do you think it might, there might be spinoffs of electric greens in other locations? It will be successful and we'll be able to, you know, to open some other locations of electric greens. Oh, certainly. Cool. I will say, Pat, he just got through his first one, so you just got to give him some breathing room here. Very early. Let me get through a whole week, and then we can start thinking about number two. Okay. <laughs> but um, as far as Revival Food Hall goes, Tim, do you see other um, concepts coming in? You mentioned that you want to open in the evening again. What kind of program might you have for the bar that's different? I know a lot of people are doing, like, spirit-free cocktails now. Is that yeah, no, that's that's a hundred. I'm so glad you said that. You took words out of my mouth. It's hundred um, percent something we're seeing uh, across all of our bars and restaurants is non-elk cocktails. Um, but to your point, definitely programming. Where you know, as we're looking at all of our new properties, we're always saying, you know, well, how can we pair uh, a market with a space? You know, um, a concert. You know, whatever it can be. I, I want someone thinking like, if I'm not at Revival Food Hall today, or you know, one of our other spaces, what am I missing out on? So continuing to keep those activations and things going, whether it's a martini and manicures or, you know, the band, the national played a drop-in show at the national building at revival years ago, there's always something going on. So, um, you know, using that also to boost the bar programming, of course, is always on our mind. Right. So as you know, we continue into 2022, what are you each looking forward to both personally and professionally in the year ahead? How about you, Brad? Personally, I am looking forward to, dare I say, a little more normal, back to normal life. Like it feels like maybe we're on the cusp of that, you know, this, or at least this chapter uh, of the pandemic is, is over. So you know, I have a family and two, two kids. And so, you know, I'm just looking to kind of get back to, to normal with them. You know, it's been a rough couple of years, I think, for everybody. So that personally, that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, professionally, you know, I'm fairly new, uh, you know, at 16 on center. I think I'm in like month number, maybe six, about six months in. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, there are a lot of projects, you know, on the horizon that I, that I'm looking forward to. And, you know, also just kind of seeing how far, you know, we can take electric greens and, you know, really trying to, you know, just support that business and also, you know, get all of these, these big projects that are kind of on my list, you know, get them going and, you know, spend some time on that. I like, I like to have, you know, a lot of different projects to work on and you know, not having the same day every day, you know, always something new. And there's, there's certainly a, a lot of that and a lot of work to be done here for me. So looking forward to, you know, some of those things. Great. And how about you, Tim? Yeah. I mean, personally, I'm in the same boat, probably some more travel 
would be great. Um, you know, putting, always trying to put myself out of my comfort zone professionally. So, you know, and personally, of course, trying to just try new things, living here in New York City, you know, there's plenty of that too. So professionally kind of piggybacking off of that, we are opening another food hall in the old Chicago post office, which has been empty for so many years, as you well know, Pat. Yeah. Uh, really excited to bring that to you know, that building, as well as here in New York, in uh, West Chelsea, in the Stair at Lehigh building. Uh, we're opening up a food hall, as well as a um, uh, an expo space. It's a 500 cap room, which the first activation we're putting in there is, in, is a Basquiat art exhibit. So really excited to, again, combine food, beverage, uh, music, and arts together. That, that kind of will take up the rest of my professional year, I would say, uh, in the meantime. Thanks so much, Brad and Tim. It's great to hear how food halls are thriving and evolving. Please join us for more episodes of Menu Feed as we explore food and drink trends with chefs and operators. You can download this episode and others on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) 